As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fang. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fang takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And zone caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you Okay, we are live. We're going to let this stream breathe for a minute. I have exercised the demons. Thank you to those who've been hanging out in the room, waiting for us to show up. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your patience. It's... uh, it's the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, you can see in the box here, my partner in crime, Zach Kelberman, as well as Eric Trickle. We got Nick Kendall. We've got Carl Dummler. We've also got Lance Sanderson. We've also got Luke Patterson on the horn. But the way this thing is set up with the, the service we use to stream, we can only have five guys in the box at, at a time. So we're going to be rotating guys in and out as we make our deliberations and our picks. So for our awesome listeners out there watching and participating in this live, just kind of roll with the punches. But just real quick, Zach, are you ready to mock your socks off, dude? I am. We're among you know royalty right now, the draft experts from I Lie Huddle. And uh, I'm excited to you know wager my picks and see if you guys agree with me or disagree with me. But this is always, Chad, it's become a yearly tradition for us. I'm excited to delve into what's an unpredictable draft class this year. It really is. It really is. It's going to be a gas. And, you know, this is, I think, one of the most anticipated podcast episodes for our listeners because it has become a tradition over the last few years. And We've never done it live, though. It's always been a pre-recorded deal where we're all on Skype and, you know, we can kind of take our time and do our thing. But this time around, it's going to be live. So there might be a few kinks that we have to work out along the way. But I think we've done enough legwork here that we can, uh, you know, keep it moving. I think it's going to be okay. But let me just really quick say hello to the listeners that have been hanging out in the room. Bronx legend, DW, Dale, of course, King Hicks. 
Christy, Robert, what's going on, Terry? If I didn't mention you, you know we love you. Welcome in each and every one of you. Before we dive straight into the podcast for tonight and get this mock draft war room going and explain to you kind of what the rules are, I just want to go through a couple of very, very quick matters of business, guys, as you can see on the screen here. You want to make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. It is simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time, and that includes all three podcasts on Mile High Huddle. And while you're at it, of course, you want to make sure you follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. If you're listening to this after the fact as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, one thing you could do to really help us out is take some time and leave a creative review and a five-star rating if you like the work we're doing for you, if you like what you hear. Also, no matter where you're watching this or participating in it live, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, wherever you're checking this out, a simple organic thing you can do to help this podcast is make sure you like the video. And if you love the video, share it out there. Share it out on your social media. Simple, easy, organic ways that you can help support the show. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an agribusiness expert with Alliance Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. All right, guys, here's how this works. It's going to sound like upfront Chad doing a lot of talking, but I assure everybody listening right now, hanging out in the room, we're going to quickly be getting to everybody. And I can see that there are some phenomenal super chats stacking up. Um, we're going to put a pin in the super chats. Don't worry, we're going to get to your super chats here later in the show. We want to get the ball rolling on the picks, give everybody the content that they want. But I, as, as is tradition on all of these podcasts, we will not sign off until we got them all uh, handled each and every podcast or each and every uh, uh, super chat. So just bear with us, show some patience. I promise you, we're going to get to you here in just a few minutes. But let me just lay out the rules, guys. It's a seven round mock draft here in a war room scenario. So we're trying to give you a, you know, kind of a real snapshot of how things might work in a in a room full of scouts and GMs and executives who are deliberating and and making decisions based on things as they're happening in real time. The way it's going to work is we're going to give ourselves, once we go on the clock in the first round, we're going to give ourselves 10 minutes to deliberate, to go around the table. It is a roundtable war room. Go to each guy and say, look, here's who's available. Here's who the last few picks were. Here's who's on the board. You know, Zach, what's your decision here? And then we go around the horn and get everyone's opinion. We're going to try to go with the majority. So there's seven of us that you're going to hear from here tonight on each pick. And we'll go with the selection will ultimately come down to whichever one of these prospects garners the most votes in the moment. So with that stage being set, guys, Eric, do you think there's anything I'm missing here that we need to touch on before I pull the trigger and and send this thing live? Nothing that I can think of except maybe 
it, unless I miss it, but that we won't be doing trades just for time, right. time reasons. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. So in this scenario, just because, you know, we, we don't want this necessarily turning into a three and a half hour Joe Rogan podcast for you guys of the football world. It's going to be enough of a deliberation and, and good natured argument, just making the picks coming up with whether or not it's the right trade value, this and that, that could really derail this, this podcast. So I would say that's the only element and we've never used trades in our pre-recorded war room podcast, but I would say that's the only element of non-realism there will be conversations obviously in a real war room about trades phones are going to ring you know people will pick up the phone and make calls to check on this pick and see if they can maneuver but for the sake of this just being a nice easy fun listenable consumable podcast we're not going to do trades. so thank you for reminding me of that eric and without further ado you guys can see here we're using the pro football network mock draft simulator uh nothing against any of the other simulators out there there are some great ones out there this one just fit all of the things we needed uh, for this particular simulation. So we're going to go ahead and get the ball started. Um, seven rounds. Here we go. Normal. And I'm going to wait till it makes the picks. And I know, guys, uh, hopefully you can blow it up on your side and see the, the window here. But if not, I'm going to read off some of these names. Not everyone has the greatest eyesight. And mm. I know it's, it's not easy for everyone to, to see. So I'm going to. With uh, the Broncos officially on the clock, I'm going to read off some of the names. I'm going to I'm, since we're in the first round, guys. I'm going to go through and just read all 14 picks real quick, so everybody knows kind of the lay of the land. And then I'll start the clock. So, no surprise, first round, Joe Burrow goes number one to the Bengals, followed by Chase Young to the Redskins, Derek Brown to the Lions, Isaiah Simmons to the Giants, uh, Tua to Miami, Tristan Wirfs off the board early at six to the Chargers. Jeffrey Okuda to the Panthers at seven. Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia to the Cardinals at eight. Jerry Judy, hot name today on the Broncos Newswire at nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ten, it's C.J. Henderson going to Cleveland. Eleven, it's C.D. Lamb going to the Jets. And it's going to break your heart, Broncos country, but the Oakland Raiders, or Vegas Raiders, mm. excuse me, just took Henry Ruggs at 12. Vaughn Kinlaw to the Niners at 13, Jedrick Wills off the board at 14. Now, in no particular order, guys, I'm going to just give you the top-rated guys on the board, and then I'm going to start sending this around, and we'll hit the the go button on the old stopwatch. But the highest-rated person or prospect is a player that we're not really going to consider because the Broncos have their quarterback, and that is Justin Herbert, followed by the Louisville offensive tackle, Mekki Becton, followed by another quarterback in Jordan Love, A.J. Epinesa, Austin Jackson, DeAndre Swift. So I'm going to go ahead and get started, and I'm going to serve this over to – and I'm going to start with Eric just to get the conversation going here, and then we'll go to Zach after that. I'm hitting start. Eric, your thoughts? Man, if this is how – if I was Denver and this is how it turned out, I'd rage quit. Like (laughs) Nobody that I really want is there. Makai Becton, I like him, but not for Denver. I don't want to take the risk on him with some concerns about his weight. AJ Epineza, this is a little bit early for me for him. Uh, Austin Jackson, not at 15. I mean, you'd probably be able to get somebody to bite on trying to trade up for Justin Herbert or Jordan Love. Honestly, with looking at what's left, I didn't see Xavier McKinney. That's probably the way, the way I would go with this at 15 because you get a defensive back that can do so much for your defense. And with Denver, I mean, Vic Fangio talked about using more more defensive backs to help cover up with some of the issues from coverage from the linebackers. I'll look at Xavier McKinney. 
Zach, what are you thinking? And by the way, as I manipulate the screen here on my side, anything you want me to click on, offense, defense, all, however you want me to organize this, you say the word. God, this really is, for me, the nightmare scenario. The big three receivers are off the board. The big tackles are off the board. I may, I would consider a tackle, but like Eric said, I'm not crazy about any of them in this spot. In real life, I'd be banging the table for the Broncos to trade down. It's just a horrible situation the way it played out. Sticking to my guns, though, I mean, my, my brain is telling me to take a tackle. My heart's telling me to take a receiver. I'm going Justin Jefferson. Add some juice to the offense. Add some explosion. You're still getting a top four guy in the class. You're helping Drew lock out. I'm getting offensive linemen in the second and third round and beyond. Nick, let me serve this over to you. We've got one in for McKinney, one in for Jefferson. Are there any corners here you like, or what are you thinking? I'm thinking my best player on the board, and that would be Makai Becton. You know, you're picking in the first round, and Makai Becton's my number ninth overall player. I understand there are concerns about him. He's massive. He was pretty – I mean, he had some inconsistencies on tape at Louisville, but you saw the upside he has. I mean, what is he, Six foot seven, 360 pounds, and had a ridiculous uh, body mass index as well. He's not – you know, just because he's big doesn't mean he's fat. This dude is lean and strong, and he's got tremendous upside. He can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. He played a a stretch zone scheme in college so he's got movement skills and what's great about him obviously you want this first round pick to come in and win but a guy with as much high variance as he has the high tools the upside he doesn't have to play right out the gate you know he can be somebody who can push a Garrett Bowles or you can even trade Garrett Bowles after you make this pick you know that's a possibility as well or have uh, Becton play right tackle because Juwan James we all know the injury history here so it's just I mean He's a really good tackle. He's got incredible upside. I understand that you're worried about him, but it's not like Orlando Brown a couple years ago where he fell to the third round because he's not the best athlete. Mekhi Becton is a freak athlete. He's big. He's got as much upside as any tackle in this class. I take him. I let Munchak, Munchak do his do his job and uh, hope, you know, hope for the best. Okay. So we've got three different choices here at this point. Carl, what are you thinking, my friend? Well, I, I saw somebody in the comments say, this is why you trade up. This is why the Broncos yeah. are looking at that because, I mean – the, the, the nightmare scenario could really happen, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, it, it's just going to be such a wild year for the draft. But I, I'm in agreement with Nick. I mean, I'm going to stick with my big board, and Makai Becton is is my top guy. And the idea of him being able to play left tackle, I know there's a ton of risk, but you pair him with Munchak, and that guy could just absolutely light up the league. I mean, he really has the upside to be a top five left tackle in football. And – I love that there is a ton of risk, but at 15, at this point, you're going to have to take a little bit of risk. And so that's why I'm willing to take that chance and just get a guy that I think could end up being a top five player in this draft. Okay. So we do now have a majority for Mekki Becton. And with that being said, I'm going to put uh, Carl and Nick in the green room, as it were, and bring on Lance and Luke. Or did I? Nope. Oh, I X'd the wrong guy out there. And one more. Hold on. Bear with me. I got to remember Zach's on the on the last one in. Okay. Lance, you first, my friend, if you need me to manipulate the board to see anything, say the word. I know you've been able to hear everything, but what are you thinking here in this doomsday first round scenario? Well, a big thing with this right here is the way with the wide receivers off the board like that. I kind of agree with with uh, 
with Zach, the, the Broncos need to go in and target a wide receiver, but I'm not going Justin Jefferson here. I do like Mekhi Becton, but I, and I also like Xavier McKinney, especially with the, the word that Vic Fangio and Ed Donatello absolutely love him. But still at the same time, I'm pounding the table for my guy. Denzel Mims here at 15. That's who I'm looking at. That, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect compliment to Cortland Sutton. I think that he can play inside, outside. I love the height, weight, speed, athleticism. It's just a great fit to me. Um, Justin Jefferson, I think, is limited to just playing as a slot player at the next level. He only had five total reps at uh, LSU on the outside, so that's a big problem to me. Um, I, I also love Denzel Mims' ability to go up and catch the football as a, as a high point kind of a player. So it, it's either McKinney here or Denzel Mims, in my opinion. Okay, but you got to choose one. Which one is it, Mims? Uh, yeah. Just to give us a, to move the conversation forward, I'm gonna I'm gonna join my my co-host Eric and, and go with Xavier McKinney just because okay. I think it's a little bit of a reach for Mims here, but I would I would be all for it if uh, if this were the way that it went down and Mims was a pick, I would be okay with that. Okay, we've got Luke and myself still yet to weigh in. We've got about four and a half minutes. Luke, what are you thinking here, my friend? Yeah, obviously Makai Becton is probably the best offensive tackle on the board, but I. Got to go Jefferson from LSU. I think that you do have to go wide receiver in round one. In an ideal world, we would trade down. But for this war room and this mock draft, I think Jefferson provides the complementary nature that Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke will need to succeed in this Pat Shermer offense. I like his athleticism. I like his ceiling. I think he's a very interesting prospect. And it seems like he's generating a lot of heat with Broncos country right now. I feel like his name is coming up quite a bit with some reputable sources. So for me, I'm going Jefferson LSU at pick 15. Okay, man, I end up being a tiebreaker of sorts here. Uh, we got two for Jefferson, two for McKinney and two for Becton. For me, you guys, I have to stay consistent. And even though far be it from, for, you know, as far as it being a normal conversation, you know, I never want to go against my co-host. But this is one issue Zach and I have been split on this show for a while. I've kind of been of the opinion to get a non-wide receiver blue chip if you can. If all the, th the top three receivers are gone and it is the, the doomsday, get that offensive tackle is my take on this. I'm going to go with Becton as well. And with that, we have a majority. It's not, a, it's not a unanimous, but the pick has to be in this case to keep this conversation going it's going to be Mackay. Is that how you pronounce it? Mackay? It's not Mackie. Mackay Becton. Let me mm -hmm. find Where'd he go? Uh, hold on. Bear with me. He disappeared. Oh, I got to go up one. There he is. Okay. So I'm making the pick, guys. Not everyone's going to love it. It's a war room. Probably most teams try to find a consensus when it's the first round, but in this case, it was a doomsday. The pick is in. Uh, Mackay Becton, tackle Louisville. And I want to take this around the horn, Eric, it being the – the pick is in, what would, how would you see Beckton fitting it if he were in fact the pick here for the Broncos? Well, the thing is, is that, I mean, he'll have a chance to compete for a starting job, but it's either he beats out Garrett Bowles or Jawan James, or he's sitting on the bench. That was one reason why I was pushing for Xavier McKinney. The number three safety is a starting job in the in this defense. So that's one reason for that. But I, I do like him. There's nothing wrong with him being the pick for him. I think that he can be very solid for Denver. I do have concerns because of an issue with the drug sample that came up at the combine. I do have issue with some some weight concerns. There was sometimes this over his time at Louisville that he was pushing over 400 pounds. So there's some issues keeping his weight in check. I mean, he's a guy who he likes to cook. He likes to eat. Nothing wrong with that. I'm the same way. But I mean, when I'm not a football player. I can get I can get away with those with those weight issues that I have, um, whereas he can't. 
good player. I would love to see what he could do with Mike Munchak. Can't, I can't complain about this at all. But again, obviously, it's not the way I would have gone. I would have got that gotten that guy who would have been be a starter for sure, no matter what. But what can you do? Zach, I know you wanted the wide receiver, but the Broncos get a guy who can actually succeed. Garrett Bowles as a left tackle moving forward. You got to figure out what you're going to do with him as a rookie and what you're going to do with Bowles in 2020. But how would you see this dude fitting in if he were the pick in in uh, the first round? I think he brings a lot of high reward, a lot of high risk too. I mean, you're you're banking on potential by taking him in the spot. I mean, he might not start right away. He needs some development. He needs to, I think, improve his conditioning at the next level. Fortunately, he has Mike Munchak, the best OL coach in the game. He's just not my pick at 15. He, he's he scares me in the same way Garrett Bowles scared me in terms of them being raw. I prefer someone like Tristan Wirfs, who was a ready-made starter, and come in, play guard or tackle right away. He's just not my preferred option. But this, again, is a doomsday scenario, and I agree with what Carl said. This is why the Broncos should trade up, and this is why the Broncos probably will trade up. They cannot allow this to happen, and uh, it just would be awful all the way around. That's why we can't decide unanimously. It's just a bad scenario. Nick, before uh, we move on to round two, since you got the, the ball rolling on Mackay Becton, give us some positivity on how this guy might fit in. We got to pull him back into that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thank you. That's right. Well, yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, man, that's going to be a pain in the butt throughout this whole thing. Let me grab him. Nick, hey, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, no, I think that the thing with Becton is that you have tremendous upside and you're taking a chance on one of the top four tackles in this class. Obviously, you have Josh Jones, Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland after him, but Mekhi Becton has the potential to be the best left tackle in this class. You know, Garrett Bowles, you know, say what you will about him, but you could if you can get a fifth-round pick for Tyson Brilo, I bet you can get a third-round pick after this draft for Garrett Bowles. So, you know, that's something you could at least look into after this. I just think the, the way the board falls, this first-round pick isn't about 2020 as much as it is about the next 10 years. So if there's a Tier 1 tackle left, I think that the board just, you know, you take the way the board falls to you. And at this case, in this case, it's Mekhi Becton. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden 
and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Okay, guys, that's the first round. It's a doomsday. It's good to be prepared for the worst case scenario. And now Broncos country kind of has a taste of how this thing could go if things unfold in the least favorable way in the top 14 for this team. And these guys have hit on exactly why you got guys like John Elway checking to see what can be done to move up the board and ensure, do what he can to ensure that this doesn't end up being that kind of a Sophie's choice for the Denver Broncos. All right. With that being said, the clock is out and it's time to move on to round two. And uh, let me just reset the clock here. And before I actually hit go on us being on the clock, let me just read off the last few picks. Uh, 45, actually I'll start at 41, was Joshua Uche. Is that how you pronounce his name? The linebacker from Michigan uh, going to Cleveland. Noah, I'm going to butcher that dude's name. The corner from from Auburn, uh, Igbenoagini. I don't know how to say that. Um, going 42 to Jacksonville, Antoine Winfield, the scrappy safety, going to Chicago at 43. The running back, who Eric says is probably the best fit in this class for the Broncos, J.K. Dobbins, going to the Colts at 44, followed by, this really surprises me, Michael Pittman at 45 to the Dallas Cowboys, the wide receiver from USC. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and list just a few of these the top-rated names that are still on the board. As I serve this around the horn, just remember – that I can manipulate this to, for you to see however you need to each analyst. So the top guys rated right now on the board, Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU, Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois. And for our listeners out there to remind you, that's the guy who is Steve Atwater's nephew. T Higgins. We didn't get a wide receiver for this team in the first round. Clemson wide out there at 41, although I'm sure there are plenty of other options we can get later on followed by Julian Okwara, the defensive end from Notre Dame, and then quarterback Jacob Eason from Washington, uh, Terrell Lewis, the linebacker from Alabama, Kyle Duggar, Lloyd Cushenberry, Ross Blacklock. There are some options there. So with that being said, let me go ahead and hit the go button, and I'm going to start with Zach this time around. Zach, you tell me how you want me to manipulate this, or if you want to pass it to Eric, by all means, go ahead and let, the, let him kind of do the lay of the land. Is Chenault off the board in the second round? It's a little early for him to go. Let me is see he there? Real, let me see real quick. I mean, I don't want him anyway, but this receiver availability no, right now is terrible. He's on the board. I don't really want him in the second round. And T. Higgins doesn't really, you know, do anything for me. A little too much like Cortland Sutton, in my opinion. I wanted a wide receiver, but I'm not going to reach for one for the sake of reaching for one. Is Rager on the board? I, I don't. Rager hey, is gone. Rager is gone. Here are some of the names that fans can be familiar with. Obviously, we already mentioned Higgins. We mentioned Chenault, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, Gabriel Davis from Central Florida, Lynn Bowden from Kentucky, Devin DuVernay, but it might be a little bit early for some of these guys um, at wide receiver anyway. You know what? I'm going to reach a little bit. I'm going to take Ayuk. I, I just, you got to get a receiver here. You got to help out Drew Locke. I, I'm sticking to my guns. I said the Broncos have to come away with the receiver within the first two picks. I think he can succeed opposite Cortland Sutton. A little too early to reach for safety here or cornerback here. I'm sticking with receiver. I'm going with Ayuk. Eric, what do you think? 
I, I like the receivers that are that are left outside of T. Higgins, but I think that with the options that we have, we'll likely have in the third round with Devin Duvernay, Darnell Mooney, guys like Donovan People, Donovan People Jones. I'm willing to wait on this. I see Jeremy Chin there. I mean, I think that Denver really needs to go and get somebody else in for their defensive secondary. And Jeremy Chin, he's a guy who can come down. He can play linebacker as well, depending on the situation. He can play in the nickel. I mean, as I said before with Xavier McKinney, the third safety is a starting job on this. And Jeremy Chin being Steve Atwater's nephew, I mean, that just adds to it. I really like his game. I like what he brings to the Broncos defense. And I think that he can really be a tremendous player in Vic Fangio's defense. Okay, so we got Brandon Ayuk, the receiver, and Jeremy Chin, the defensive back. Let me go now to Luke Patterson. Luke, you tell me what you like here, and uh, if you need me to manipulate the board, you just say how you need me to move it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can understand why everyone's a little panicked with the wide receiver position, but the good news about the wide receiver position is it is still deep and it is still active into the third and the fifth rounds. Um, Can you manipulate it to show me the corners right now that we're looking at? You bet. Let me grab defense, grab corner. And the top options, you got Damon Arnett from Ohio State, Darnay Holmes from UCLA, Troy Pride from Notre Dame, Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State, A.J. Green from Oklahoma State, Javaris Davis from Auburn, Bryce Hall from Virginia, and then Amik Robertson are still on the board. Man, Bryce Hall seems like a reach, but, you know, because – Trayvon Diggs isn't there. I'm leaning a little bit towards Bryce Hall. I think Bryce Hall has a captain and leadership quality that the Broncos seem to be going towards in the last two drafts. I think he provides a little bit of nastiness in the secondary, but he's a smart player. The guy knows Uh-oh. how to wrap up in the tackling game, which is something Vic Fangio will not go away from. So that being said, I think I'm going to have to go corner. Okay, so it's going to be Bryce Hall. All right, so we've got Ayuk, we've got Chin, and we got one for Bryce Hall. All right, Lance, what are you thinking, my friend? Oh, he's muted. Hold on, I'm going to unmute you. Sorry. Start over, Lance. Sorry about that. That was my fault, guys. Uh, I hate to be the parrot here and just kind of copy on my my co-host here, but Jeremy Chin here, I love the value there. I like the, the the way he plays. He can play in the box. He can play in the slot. He can slide back and play in deep coverage as well as a third safety. Take over for Kareem Jackson as well. Another potential option I would be looking at here is, is at center. You have Lloyd Cushenberry the third. I imagine Matt Hennessy is still available there. Maybe a little rich for Hennessy, but still at the same time. With Chin on the board and the need for this Broncos secondary to improve at that third safety spot that's the pick all the way for me for what it's worth guys there's still four solid centers on this board cushionberry hennessy biotish and nick harris from washington might be a little early for a couple of those guys maybe three of those guys but cushionberry hennessy i think they have to be in the conversation and with that let me bring on carl and nick's already on but uh, i'll start with you carl since you've been sitting there being a patient boy what are you thinking here Oh man, this is, uh, I think this is the most diverse we've ever been on this. Usually we have a lot of similarities and thoughts on this, but, uh, just the way the board has fallen, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I am leading towards Brandon Ayuk. Just get that weapon for your, your quarterback. I think he is a great fit in the system and would be a great fit across from, uh, from Sutton. It's it's tough because I do like Chin there in the second. I like Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, but I do like some of the other centers that we can get probably in the third round. So probably easy to 
to wait on that spot, but I still want to keep helping my quarterback. And so that's why I'm going to have to lean towards Brandon Ayuk and just what he can bring with his speed element, with his catchability, with his radius, everything that he brings to the table, I think would be a, a great fit with Drew Locke. Okay, Nick, you're next and then followed by myself. And just know that we have about 30, 40 seconds left. So who are you thinking here? I'm going to Brandon Ayuk as well. I really like his game. He is my number 22nd overall player on my board, my wide receiver six right after Denzel Mims. I love the the start and stop that he has. His ability, his acceleration is extremely good. His route running is still learning. The ability to get off press is still learning. Long hands, plucks the ball, yards after catch. He's one of my seven favorite wide receivers in this class. If you can grab him, I'd feel really good about it. So to get Becton round one and then Ayuk, a little bit of a boomer bust potential, but massive upside, massive athletes. I would vote Ayuk here. My selection here is really tough <clears throat> because I want to grab Cushionberry, but we took a tackle. We bolstered the offensive line already. We need to look elsewhere. And so I'm I'm looking at either Chin. I don't like any of the corners at 46 that are on the board right now. I'm looking at Chin and I'm looking at Ayuk. And my pick would be Chin. So it's either way. It's uh, well. Let's see. No, that's three for Chin. That would be three for Chin and one and three for Ayuk. So we actually and then wait. Did I do that right? Let's ask Luke who didn't vote for one. He voted for the cornerback. Everybody else was pretty consensus. Right. So now we got to ask Luke. All right. Let me let me put Luke or Luke's already on Luke. If you had to choose between Jeremy Chin, the safety from Southern Illinois, or Brandon Ayuk, the receiver from Arizona State, you can you can make this decision for who we take in the in the second round. We're going wide receiver. We're going Ayuk if we're going okay. that route. I think that right now, um, Vic Fangio and the and the Broncos are going to be looking for that defensive secondary help. I just don't quite see it at second round, even though I'm the guy that's mocking the corner in the third round up in the second. So let's go Ayuk with wide receiver. Okay, the pick is in. We are now moving on to the third round, and we went a little bit over on that one, so I'm going to quickly move us into round three here and start the clock. Let's see how this thing's unfolded. Um, by the way, Cushionberry went the very next pick for what it's worth. Um, all right, Broncos are coming up here, 76, now 77. All right, the first of three third-round picks. Uh, a couple of guys I saw just go off the board, heartbreakers. You got Zach Bond went at 72, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Neville Gallimore, the D-tackle from Oklahoma, went at 73. Logan Wilson, yeah boy, went 74 to uh, the Browns. Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle from Mizzou, went 75 to the Colts. And then Raekwon Davis, the defensive tackle from Bama, went to the New York Giants. Now, let me just set the stage really quick. So those listening to this as a podcast after the fact have an idea of who's on the board. You got Prince Tiga uh, Wanagaho, however you pronounce his name, the offensive tackle from Auburn, uh, as the highest rated per Pro Football Network's board. Uh, Bradley and I, the defensive end from Utah. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback from Oklahoma. Biotish, Akeem Davis, Gaither's right there. So with that being said, Eric, I'm going to start with you on the third round, pick 77. What are you thinking here? And again, you tell me how you need me to manipulate this board, and I'll I'll do it. Can you just pull up the receivers real quick? All right. Let's take a quick look at wide receivers. I have a feeling you're keeping an eye on Duvernay, but I think he's gone. 
yeah, Devin, Devin Duvernay's gone, but I still see a bunch of other receivers that I like there. That's why I was willing to wait. But um, at this point, man, you got to go get get this guy for this defense. I mean, defense is being completely ignored here. There's a lot more holes on this defense than I think many people realize. And Akeem Davis Gaither, he's a guy that I've been touting since November, December. He's a guy he can play in the slot. He can play in linebacker. He can play deep safety. He's played over 100 snaps at multiple different positions. He's just so versatile, brings so much so many options to the Broncos defense. And that's one big key with that I've been looking at with all three of my options. I mean, Xavier McKinney, the options that he brings to the defense, Jeremy Chin, what he brings to the defense, Akeem Davis Gaither. He brings so much. That's the way I'm going here. I'm actually going to go with ADG as well. With that being said, uh, Zach, what are you thinking here? My friend, go to cornerback real quick, please. Cornerback. We've got Damon Arnett from Ohio state, Darnay Holmes, Troy pride, dance. Robertson's gone then. Uh, wait, nope. He's still there. Bryce Hall and Amik Robertson are still on the board. But remember, mm. there are two more third-round picks just right. for what it's worth. Yeah, I, we have to address defense here for the same reasons that Eric just said. And to be consistent, I said the Broncos have to come away with an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, and an inside linebacker in their first three picks. So no question, I'm getting him early to get him and secure him. ADG is my pick. Okay, we got three. One more for ADG seals the deal. Uh, let me go over here to Nick. What are you thinking, brother? Can I see the overall big board? Overall big board coming right up. Um, I'll take it easy. I scroll down Prince. Whoops, wanted to jump on me. Uh, Prince, Bradley and I, Jalen Hurts, Biotish, Albert Oakwagwagunum. I don't want to butcher his name. Right. Uh, Ashton Davis, but we grab oh, – no, I guess we got, we've got Ayuk and uh, Becton in round two and one. So John Simpson, Donovan People-Jones, Damon Arnett – I guess I'll be a little bit contrarian here just to be contrarian. There's some injuries with Akeem Davis-Gaither. They scare me enough, and I think that Akeem Davis-Gaither is more of that kind of 4-3 will. I just don't know about the size, kind of almost more of a slot player in this defense. So I know he's had off-field concerns, but I'm going to cast a vote for Willie Gay. Apparently he absolutely killed it in the pre pre-draft cycle, the combine, the interviews and everything. From what I've heard, I think it's Daniel Jeremiah has been touting him a lot, saying that circle his name for the Bengals at 33. If you can get his upside here uh, all the way down here, I would have no issue with it. Obviously, there's some character issues. I think he punched his own quarterback in the face at Mississippi State, but apparently he killed the pre-draft interview. So massive athlete, massive upside, a guy who loves football, apparently. I'm just going to be a little bit contrarian. I'll vote for Willie Gay instead. Carl, what are you thinking? Well, I'm I'm not going to be contrarian, and I'll go Akeem Davis-Gaither. I mean, just we wanted to solve our problem of being able to have a coverage linebacker and a guy that can actually help in taking on linebackers. There we go. We got our guy. I mean, we, we've been trying the, the last two rounds. We've had conversations about Xavier McKinney, Jeremy Chin. Well, here comes that guy that can actually go do that for us, and, and we're getting him in the third round. I think this, so far, of our picks has been the best value. Okay, so the pick is in for ADG, but Lance and Luke, just for what it's worth, let's find out what you guys are thinking here. Lance, go first. Uh, ADG all the way here for me. I could I could think about doing a Bryce Hall pick there. I like him as a safety as well, not necessarily in the boundary corner. Eric and I disagreed on that the other night on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. But ADG here, uh, you can play. You can come off the edge. You can play uh, the inside linebacker position, slide out to the slot, cover cover tight ends and whatnot. It's just a, a great value pick here and a good chess piece for Vic Fangio. Luke, my man, what are you thinking? What are your remaining linebackers in the linebacker section? 
Um, all right. If we just go to straight ILB, the way Pro Football Network has it kind of sectioned out here, you got Jacob Phillips from LSU, uh, Joe Bocci from Michigan State, Troy Dye from Oregon, Bernard from Utah, Mikkel Walker. Those are the top. And then, of course, they have ADG as an off or an outside backer. So some of those guys, Willie Gay from Mississippi State that uh, Nick was talking about, Jordan Brooks also from Texas Tech would be a really good fit for this Fangio did, defense. Did David Taylor already get selected, or is he going to be further t- down uh, the list? Yeah, let me see. I don't. And the reason the reason I ask with David Taylor, so if Logan Wilson was gone for me, it was going to be David Taylor, just because I'm afraid that NFL teams are going to make a run at this cat, and they may make a run at him early. It was at the pro day in Boulder. All 32 teams were there. The Patriots were really watching this cat. I know they don't usually trade up uh, right here in this third round, but for me, I'm really starting to figure out how do you cover this tight end? Who's going to be your Kelsey killer? And if Davian Taylor's there, I might be interested. I don't for some reason. I'm oh there he is. He is there. So yep. he, he I'm gonna go David. I'm gonna go David Taylor right now just because I'm afraid he's gonna be gone in a few more picks, man. I just think people are gonna see the need at linebacker in the NFL and the ceiling on this guy. It's just the sky's the limit. This is the overtime podcast network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Okay, guys, the pick is in for, for ADG. Thank you, Lance and Luke, for chipping in on that. The pick is in. We move now to pick 83. Let me reset the clock here, and then I'll let, give you the lay of the land. The last few picks, Jordan Brooks, the linebacker from Texas Tech, went at 82. Ashton Davis was at 81. Bradley and I at 80. Jacob Phillips at 79. Those were the last four picks. And then as far as the top-rated guys on the board here, you got Prince uh, Tiga, I'll just say PTW from Auburn, the offensive tackle. You got a quarterback, Jalen Hurts. You got Tyler Biotish, John Simpson, the guard from Clemson, followed by the receiver, Donovan Peoples Jones, and then the corner, Damon Arnett. So um, I think just to get this thing started, Eric, what are you thinking, my friend? Well, I'm not thinking Willie Gay. I don't want a guy who punched a quarter, his quarterback and his coach. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, man. But, uh, 
I'd be looking at wide receiver here. There's one name that I doubt has been selected in this mock draft, and that's Darnell Mooney. I mean, you got Brandon Aoke, who's a guy who can be really good after the catch. You might have to scroll down a little bit for him. He's just now kind of getting out there a little bit. Dude's explosive. Some concerns with his hands a little bit, some concerns with the size. But if you want a guy that can fill that Tyreek Hill role in this offense, Darnell Mooney's the guy. I think he is the guy in this draft that is the closest to Tyreek Hill that you are going to find in this, much closer than – Oh, they don't even have him in this. Never mind. Yeah, then. I don't even see him, dude. In that case, then give me Donovan Peoples-Jones at this point. Go get okay. another athletic guy who can go and just cause problems for defenses. Okay. What do you think, Zach? Can you show me corners? Let me pop on over to defense, grab corners. Uh, that's what I'm thinking right now as well. Damon Arnett, Holmes, Troy Pride, Dantzler. Let's see if Robertson – Hall and Robertson are both still on the mm. board here. Yeah, I'm probably going Robertson. I mean, I think he might be a little undersized, but he has he's everything Vic Fangio wants in the corner. I mean, he's physical. He's a willing tackler. He's a ball hawk. I think he would just thrive in the secondary. And you pair him with A.J. Boye and Bryce Callahan and Devontae Bosby and the safeties they have. I'm going Robertson here. I'm not thinking twice. Okay, so we've got one for Donovan Peoples-Jones, one for uh, Robertson. Okay, let me give it over to Lance. What are you thinking here, my brother? Oh, where is he? He's muted. Let me start. I'm again. muted again. I'm I'm really bad at this. I'm sorry. It's, ac- it's uh, actually my fault because I told everybody when you're not talking to mute yourself. And so just something to keep in mind. No, that's all right. Uh, I'm actually going back to the cornerback position like uh, Zach is going here, but I'm going the top guy on the board. I think there's a lot of value with Damon Arnett. I think he fits the scheme as well. The thing that is seeing him drop right now, in my opinion, is there's some character concerns with him. But And there's also the fact that he was overshadowed by Jeffrey Okuda and Sean Wade, who could potentially be cornerback one next year in the 2021 class. Damon Arnett here, I think, fits. It's a, it's a good pick as well. Um, Bryce Hall is also an intriguing option, so I, either one of those – Give me our net was just the value. Okay. As I serve this over to Luke, keep in mind, Luke, we are halfway through our allotted time. What are you thinking, my friend? Yeah. Could you go interior offensive line? I think you said Tyler Beatez was from Ohio, or excuse me, Wisconsin was still on the board, right? Yep. He's there. He's, for what it's worth, according to Pro Football Network, he is their 72 ranked player. We're sitting here at 83. So everyone's got their own board, but it would be good value according to this board. I'm going to go ahead and take him. I think for me, I'd like to see the Broncos lock up a center. Um, I know that he played a ton of games in the Big Ten. Uh, he is versi- He's versatile, and that's something Mike Munchak's looking at. Can you play guard? Can you play center? I'd like to see Graham Glasgow at the right guard position and maybe have this scrapper, you know, Tyler Badass, as his nickname is, <laughs> come in for the Broncos and, and give the center position a, a run for its money. Okay, Carl, what are you thinking here, my friend? I'm going to go with the dancing dancer, the cornerback. Uh, one of the few people to actually shut down Jamar Chase this year. And uh, I just, I, I love his game. I, he's got the size. He's got the length. He's uh, speed is obviously a question because at the combine, he did not run well, but then his pro day, there's some questions of how fast he really ran. Uh, but I still like his game. And I just think he he could fit in here with Denver. He could really develop as that number two, number three cornerback and, and develop himself into a, a top cornerback for the Broncos. He's again, he's not going to be the, the guy that's going to be running with uh, with uh, with the Chiefs wide receivers down the field. But, right. Exactly. That kind of speed. But but beyond that, he is a guy that can get physical with the big guys. And I, I just really like his game. OK, 
Nick, we've got one minute between you and myself to make our selections. What are your thoughts here? Can I just click safety real quick? Yep. Let me go to safety. Just need to see the top options. Over the top. Burgess is there. Okay. Uh, I really like – okay, so Broncos need to address the secondary at some point, obviously, and I really like Terrell Burgess a heck of a lot, and I also like Amik Robertson for the same role. I think both of those guys are safety slash nickelbacks in the NFL, and right now I would take either of those guys. The Broncos still have another third-round pick. I'm actually going to set up here to go – vote secondary back-to-back picks i'm gonna go damon arnett here i think he's the best boundary cornerback left i know there are some questions about him but the tape is so good i can i can risk it with him so i'm gonna vote damon arnett for the boundary but i'm gonna be coming back for secondary with this next pick okay and with 15 seconds left to go on our clock i actually i'm gonna put ourselves here in a tough situation because i'm going with amik robertson here Mm. um i just think that he's I just love his everything he brings to the table. But with Robertson, let's see, we got two for Robertson, two for Arnett, one for Donovan, one for Biotish, one for Dantzler. I don't think we've cooked up a scheme where, well, let's see, if two and two. Let's just leave it up to our senior draft analyst to, to break this. Eric, if you had to choose between Amik Robertson and Arnett at this pick, who are you taking? I'm taking Amik Robinson. I like his role in this Vic Fangio defense a little bit better. And from all the conversations I've had, there has been nothing coming up about him and his character on or off the field. Damon Arnett, there's been concerns raised about from him missing meetings to him just having this attitude of not caring to even just freelancing his what he's doing on in the secondary during games and stuff like that. I'm not taking that. I'm going to Amik Robinson. Okay, Amik Robertson is off the board to the Denver Broncos. And we move on now to pick 95. Let me reset the clock here. Arnett went to the Raiders. Perfect. We got uh, (laughs) the last five here. So it went uh, PTW went 94. Jack Driscoll, the tackle from Auburn as well, went 93. Tyler Biotish went 92 to Baltimore. Arnett went 91 to Ohio State. And Cam Akers, the running back, uh, went to Houston at 90. So those are the last five picks on the board. Let me click on over to all really quick here so we can see the highest rated players. You got Matt Pert, a tackle from UConn. Darnay Holmes, Troy Pride, another corner, two corners back-to-back. Jonathan Greenard, a linebacker from Florida. Keith Ishmael, center from San Diego State. And then the uh, coach and quarterback puncher, Dantzler, Van Jefferson. I'm going to go ahead and start the clock. Eric, get us started, my friend. What are you thinking here? And you tell me what to manipulate. I'm going Keith Ishmael. I heard that name and that's immediately where I went to Tyler Biotish, I think has a very low ceiling and I think that he's already about maxed out there. I'm not taking him. I was waiting for this pick Keith Ishmael from San Diego state. I absolutely love his game. I think he's a day one starter than here. I think he offers up a lot more over the long term time period than what you're getting with Tyler Biotish. He doesn't have the injury concerns that Tyler Biotish has, man. This is the way I'm going. I would have, I would have considered him at even 77 if the board fell the way for me to actually start looking there. Did you know the guy you voted for last time is still on the board? Who is, who was it? Remind me. Donovan Peoples Jones. Okay. Is he on the board? Yeah. At the top. Oh yeah, you're right. He is. He is. He is. Eric, maybe not knowing that information. Do you want to keep it with Peoples Jones or do you want to go Ishmael? I still I still will go Ishmael here because what I'm looking at is that I'm kind of allotting certain areas to look at this. At this point, seeing Donovan Peoples Jones still on the board, seeing Brian Edwards still on the board, I'm gonna I'm willing to take the risk to see if one of them will fall to one eighteen. So I'm okay. gonna go with Keith Ishmael because offensive line tend to I think will go a lot sooner. Okay. Uh Zach, what are you thinking, my brother? 
Is Hennessy on the board? Uh oh, we got some weird mic stuff coming through on your side. They just did the Darth Vader thing. FYI. Can you hear um, me? Now you're good. Now you're good. Okay. Is Hennessy on the board? <laughs> now it's doing it again. Uh, okay, forget it. I'll, I'll go with Ishmael. I, for the reasons that Eric laid out, you got to take the blue chipper, the blue chippiest center uh, possible right now. You got to protect Drew Locke. You cannot wait any longer for him. You got to get that day one starter with Mike Munchak. I think he'd be a good pick, so I'm going with Ishmael as well. Okay, so it is one of the play, you know, one of the few spots on this entire team as far as the starting position that is unresolved at this point. We got two for the center, Ishmael from San Diego State. And then let me serve this over to Nick. What are you thinking here, man? Sorry, I have to unmute myself there. Um, I'm actually looking to double dip here, either at offensive tackle or wide receiver, just with how the board fell. I really do like Matt Pert. I know that you took Makai Becton already, but, you know, both these tackles the Broncos have right now could be moving on next year. And, you know, you always want to draft a tackle the year before you need them. So this might be the year to do that. That being said, I really like Brian Edwards. I think he is a really unique fit for this offense, really good after-the-catch guy, really big as well, and I just like him too much here. So just to be a little bit contrarian, throw some light on a guy that I like a lot, I'll vote Brian Edwards. Carl? I'll I'll stick with the center as well and Keith Ishmael. I mean, really after him, there's not any at the center class that I really like, and I would like to get some competition uh, for – Morris and, and everybody else that they have there at the center position for this upcoming season. It just makes sense. I, I think he'd be a really good fit and a guy that could be a, a, a day one starter for the Broncos. Okay. Let me bring on Lance. I'll unmute him on my side. Oh, it won't let me. You're going to have to. Nope. Oh, there you go. I, I, I got it this time. I actually yeah. was paying attention to what I was doing. Two minutes so. on the clock, guys. I, I'm going to go with the, with the center Ishmael as well. I think is a great fit. I don't like Patrick Morris nearly as much as what I think that Mike Munchak does. I, I trust Munchak as well, but with Keith, Keith Ishmael there, the drop off at center after that, like Carl had just said, is pretty pretty steep there. Um, I would think about Donovan Peoples Jones here and also Brian Edwards, but uh, um, I, I'll just to not be contrarian like Nick. I'll go with Ishmael to, to get us a pick in. Okay, Luke, what are you thinking, my brother? And if you need me to move it, it's already the, – the decision's been made. It's going to be Ishmael, but what are you thinking? No, it's a decision I'm good with, man. It's like I said in the last pick, man. You got to get your center. I'm tired of these guard hybrids. It's nice if it can work out, but I really like Ishmael. And what's weird enough about Ishmael, I think Lance Zerline uh, compared him to J.D. Walton of all people. And I know initially that people could cringe a little bit when they hear that, but think of JD Walton and think of that scrappiness and think of what he brought to that offensive line. He spearheaded that offensive line. He brought some attitude injuries were ultimately his pitfall, but we got to get a starting center. I'm, I'm done with the guard thing. You've got Glasgow to the right guard, Dalton Reiser on the left guard. Let's lock up the center. Okay, That's the pick is in. Too. I'm uh, I'm going with Ismail as well. So the Broncos get a starting caliber, or at least someone who can compete for that starting job center with Patrick Morris and whoever ends up pushing. And now we roll into the fourth round as we let this stack up. I'm going to reset the clock here and see. Here's who Jake Fromm just went off the board, the quarterback from Georgia, who – Four months, well, six months ago was being talked about as a top 10 pick. Here's who we got, guys. Pick 117 was uh, Jonathan Greenard, the linebacker from Florida. 116 was Fromm. 115 was Alex Highsmith. 114, A.J. Green, the corner from Oklahoma State. And then Matt Pert went off the board at 113. So with that being said, let me just read who's on as far as rankings. The quarterback puncher, the head coach demolisher himself, Willie Gay, uh, is at the top. 
followed by Daryl Taylor, Bryce Hall, KJ Hills there, Terrell Burgess is there uh, at 118. So I'm going to go ahead. I, I know I kind of wait, but my pick here is going to be Terrell Burgess. And with that, let me serve it over to Eric. Can you pull, pull up receivers real quick? Pulling up receivers. We've got KJ Hill, Antonio Gandy Golden, Kalija right. Lipscomb, John Hightower. Just looking at who's left available, I was hoping that Brian Edwards or Donovan Peoples Jones might go. But at this point, I'm looking at Bryce Hall. I think that something in my gut tells me he's going to end up being the selection for us here, but I'm going Terrell Burgess. Again, I think that even though we have Amik Robertson and Terrell Burgess kind of fills that same role, I think that there's enough disparity between the two of them of what they offer up that you can still make them both work in this Vic Fangio defense. Okay. Uh, Let's see who we got. It's uh, Lance. What are you thinking, bro? I'm going Burgess here as well. Uh, with, even with Meek Robertson, like you said, I, I love Bryce Hall. I think that he could fill that third safety role. Uh, Terrell Burgess, to me, is just a, a perfect fit. Eric calls him one of the like his perfect marriage for this draft class. To get Terrell Burgess at safety with Vic Fangio, that's just a that's a big move to me. Um, I also like KJ Hill here as well. But uh, to to keep it going forward, we'll just just go with Terrell Burgess to keep the consensus going. Okay, Luke, we've got a minute and a half. What are you thinking? Going KJ Hill as well, wide receiver. Uh, I think that he impressed some Broncos scouts, maybe even John Elway after his senior bowl performance. I know he seemed to have a really good week. Uh, I think KJ Hill brings a lot of speed. I think he brings some deceptive speed to his game. Uh, I like him maybe even in the slot. Uh, Outside, I don't know. I mean – I think KJ Hill has the ability to be much more dynamic after the catch than people give him credit for. But that being said, I'm going wide receiver KJ Hill. Okay. Carl, what are you thinking, my friend? I'm going to go Bryce Hall. I think getting that outside cornerback, since we already have kind of that inside guy that can cover that nickel slot, whatever you need, I just think that he would be a great fit for this defense. He's physical, he's long, uh, he just seems to fit well with what. Fangio likes out of his cornerbacks. And so, I mean, at one point before his injury, he's considered a first-round kind of guy. So to get him here in the fourth round makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, Nick, what are you thinking? Do I have him in the stream? I do. Is he muted? He's muted. I'm here. Hello. Okay, uh, I would be fine with either Hall or Burgess. Uh, Burgess, cornerback safety hybrid, I feel like he's a lot like Amik Robertson in regards to what they're going to be. I think Robertson is going to move off that – cornerback level at the next level but i just love burgess so much i think he's he's been one of my favorites in this entire class so i'm gonna go with him just to get my own pet in this draft class okay well that gives us a slight majority for burgess as the pick so with that being said let me go back here and make that selection terrell burgess the safety from utah is the pick at 118 and as we Move into the fifth round, or no, fourth round. Are we going fourth round now? That was our third, third round pick. That was my, no, that was the fourth round. That was the fourth. Okay, that's right. All right, so let me uh, let me see how this board falls, and then I will restart the clock, and we'll keep this conversation going and get to our Super Chat superstars here ASAP. Um, all right, Broncos, let's see, 144. The rest late fifth, late fifth and early sixth. All right, so we got a second here. Um, let's talk about really quick here, Eric, I know you've, you're a guy that's been high on Terrell Burgess. What would he bring to the table specifically for this defense fitting in with the draft hall so far? 
I think that he brings this, as Nick alluded to, is that he can play that slot corner kind of role for them. And I think that Amik Robinson kind of fills that too. But I like Amik Robinson being able to play on the outside a little bit more. I think he's got that feistiness to just kind of hang in there. Obviously, there are some concerns with that. But Terrell Burgess being able to drop put back, play deep, I think there's enough physical aspects to his game to handle some box role. I mean, it's not something that I'm doing full time with him. But, yeah, just being able to just slide him down, play the slot, leave him out, put him deep, just that versatility that you have with him and compare, and adding him with uh, Meek Robertson and what he can do, being able to play inside and out, I think, that you just add so many options to confuse the opposing quarterbacks. Okay, guys, pick 178 at uh, the back end of the fifth round. Let me just let set the stage. The last five picks, Evan Weaver, the inside backer from Cal, went at 173. The safety, Brian Cole, this, uh, from Mississippi State, went 174. Travis Gibson, the defensive end from Tulsa, 175. Antoine Brooks, the safety from Maryland, at 176. Jonah Jackson at uh, 177, the guard from Ohio State. Now, before I start the clock, the top-rated guys on the board are Antonio Gibson. Is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? Who the heck cares? He's a phenomenal offensive weapon. You got Casey Tuhill, a linebacker from Stanford. Lavert Hill, the corner from Michigan, Alohi Gilman, the safety from Notre Dame, and then Hakeem Adeniji, the offensive tackle from Kansas. With that, I'm going to go ahead and start the clock. And Eric, you get us started, and then we'll serve it over to Zach. I'm going Antonio Gibson here, just adding another weapon to your offense. A guy who he can run very well, he can be a return man, and he's got some good traits as a receiver as well. Just explosive plays just fill out his whole year at Memphis this last season. So that's the way I'm going. I mean, he's just another piece to help make this offense get even better. Okay, Zach, what are you thinking, my brother? And I can change, manipulate, however you need uh, No problem. I'm taking Gibson as well. I was going to say the, the last round that I was leaning toward Hightower to double up in wide receiver, but this is a guy who can play running back. Can play receiver. Melvin Gordon is not going to be around forever. You're going to have to find a replacement who can catch passes, who can be explosive, opposite Philip Lindsay. Great value here, I believe. So I'm going Gibson. Okay, real quick before I serve it over. That last time we could only hear about the last five words that you had on that, Zach. So while while we circle around the uh, the war room here, the round table, maybe go back to the fix we had before when we thought we had your mic fixed and we went with just the deal. We'll be we'll be right back. So we got two for Gibson. Uh, we got who's next up? We've got uh, Carl. Who you got, bro? Yeah, but let's go ahead and keep adding to the offense now. I think we've gotten the defense really taken care of, and and while the offense, I like Ayuk, they still need more pieces and make life as easy as possible for for Drew Locke, where you can get it into the hands of a playmaker and just let him go do his thing. So I, I think Gibson would just absolutely. Uh, bring an element to this offense that they just don't have right now. Okay. Nick, what are you thinking, my brother? I'll be short and sweet since we're getting long. I like Antonio Gibson a lot. Is he going to play running back? Is he going to play wide receiver? Not sure, but he's a guy that helps your passing offense, helps you become more explosive. So it's the fifth round. It's the end of the fifth round. That's the exact guy you want to take a shot on here. I really don't think he'll be here when the actual NFL draft's going. So I'll just, you know, take advantage of it and pick that guy now. Okay, Luke, I'm going to bring on Lance, but the pick's going to be Gibson. He's already got a majority, but what are you thinking here, Luke? 
Antonio Gibson, by far. Uh, I like what the guy can do. He ran a 4-3-9-40 at the combine. He is that receiver slash running back, which is ideal for the Pat Shermer offense. But I will say, if we're going to go running back right here, if you thought Philip Lindsay was mad about the Melvin Gordon thing, this does not help Philip Lindsay's case at all. I think this is one of the more underrated running backs, and um, I don't think he's going to be here either, but we've got to go with the running back out of Memphis. Okay, Gibson is the pick. Lance, anything you want to add context-wise here, or who do you like? Well, no, I was going to go Antonio Gibson, and I was actually going to ask you earlier to see if Antonio Gibson was on the board at the tail end of the third round, just because I do think that the uh, the the ability to play the running back position, the wide receiver position as well, he ran a 4-3-9 at the 40 as well. I like the length. I like his hands coming out of the backfield and also as a wide receiver. Um, just with with Gibson there, add more juice, man. That's all you, that's all you can do. I, I love the pick. I wanted him at probably 90, at the in the 90s, so that's where I would have went. Okay, Gibson is the pick. I'm going to go with Gibson as well. And with that, we're going to move into the beginning of the sixth round. We've got at 181, the Broncos are just three selections later. The last two picks in between Gibson and where the Broncos sit now are were uh, Khalil Davis, the defensive tackle from Nebraska, and Anthony Gordon, the quarterback from Washington State. And then the guys, as far as top rated, you got Casey Tuhill, linebacker from Stanford, Lavert Hill, corner from Michigan, uh, Alohi Gilman still there, uh, Hakeem Adeniji, and then the tight end from LSU, Stephen Sullivan. Eric, I'm starting the clock. Who do you like here? You tell me what to do. Can you go to defensive line? I'm actually amazed that at no point throughout all this, that defensive line hasn't been mentioned. I mean, we're looking at a one-year deal with Shelby Harris, a one-year deal with Mike Purcell. Draymond Jones, is he going to continue to develop? There's just so many questions about it. Jarrell Casey, he's getting on the wrong side of th- the wrong side of 30. So I look at this and I see Laryl Murchison sitting right there. That's the way I'm going. This is a guy that I like the way he won in college. I mean, he's not the best athlete, but he's a guy who can come in and just win in the NFL. I mean, he made plays against the run. He made plays as a pass rusher. He's just a consistent depth piece to have that can help push Draymond Jones and add just another piece going forward on this defensive line. Okay, Murchison. Zach, let's test your mic real quick. Give me a check real quick. I, I, I ditched my mic. Can you hear me? Okay, you're good. Yep, you're clear. All right, I'm going the same I, The same logic. You have to address the defensive line. I've been saying this for a while now. The cupboard is not very stocked. It's actually pretty bare. Most fans don't realize that. I'm going to defer to Eric's evaluation here. I'm going to go with the same pick and just make it consistent. Okay, we got Murchison twice. Uh, Lance, what are you thinking here, bro? I was going in one of two different directions here. I was going as soon as I saw you click it over to the defensive line there with Laurel Murchison on the board. Akeem Adeniji is a guy that I think is a good scheme fit. He's a versatile player, can play at the tackle position. I think he can play at guard as well just to round out the offensive line depth uh, to get another player, another good body inside, uh, a guy that I think could probably push Elijah Wilkinson at at that right guard guard position, uh, seeing Graham Glasgow play at center. Um, But with Laurel Murchison, his senior bowl absolutely blew me away. He – dominated Lloyd Cushenberry in one-on-ones, had an absolutely amazing week. And I really like versatility. I think he could play that five-tech. I think he could play the, the three-tech. And if you really wanted him to slide inside in, the, in a sub package, I think he could offer that uh, versatility as far as a, a pass rusher goes in, in, a, in like a dime defense. Okay, Murchison, Luke, we've got about a minute and a half to grab you and two, more, two other guys. What are you thinking here, brother? Is Aaron Parker gone from Rhode, Rhode Island wide receiver? Let me take a quick look at wide receiver. Uh, Parker, you said? Yeah. Uh, he's on the board. He's available. 
Yeah, I'm going to go Aaron Parker uh, from Rhode Island. I really liked Aaron Parker. I thought he actually had a little bit of Brandon Stokely to his game when I saw him at the Shrine game down in Tampa in January. Um, I think especially at this pick, you're getting a guy that's probably going to surprise you. It's going to be a special team player, and he's going to be able to get on the field right away. And that's one thing Vic Fangio wants to see. Can you perform on the field? You're getting a special teams guy, and you're also getting a wide receiver who's waiting in the wings. He's just waiting to develop. I think he's going to be a surefire pick in the late rounds. Okay, Nick, what are you thinking here? We've got three for Murchison, one for Parker. Your thoughts? Can you scroll down slowly on the wide receivers? I'm looking for another Rhode Island wide receiver, actually, which is ironic. I think he's I think he's gone, man. I, Isaiah yeah. Coulter. Yeah, I, th- I all my mocks I've seen him going before Parker. Okay, I mean that would oh, make no, sense. Oh, on, there's Isaiah Coulter the, right there. The oh, I absolutely love Isaiah Coulter. Yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite sleeper wide receivers in this entire class. I think that Dane Brugler has him as a mid fourth and one of the best uh, vertical receivers in this class. Uh, I I would vote Coulter, you know, nine times out of 10 here. So that's going to be my pick. I think he's a guy who can bring some explosiveness and you can really round out your wide receiver, your weapons there, if depending on where you're going to play Gibson. So I'm cool. Coulter is a guy that I absolutely love. I'm going to vote him. I think he's a perfect fit for the offense. Okay. Carl, what are you thinking? Uh, hard to disagree with Coulter there. Uh, I, I still think, I mean, as, as great as we've got Gibson, we've got Ayuk, we still need a, a more pure wide receiver added to the group. And so Coulter just adds to it. Uh, you're adding more and more strength to a group that just has obviously without Sutton is, is pretty much nothing. And uh, so I think you'd be a great addition for the Broncos. And not to ruin anything, but I want to change my pick to Coulter because I, I had no idea he was going to be available, man. I thought Ooh. if Aaron Parker was there, then that meant for sure that he was gone. And most mocks I've seen, he has gone before Parker, but I completely agree. Coulter's man, a playmaker. Guys- you guys are putting me on the spot. We got three for Murchison, three for Coulter. I'm going to go with the defensive line, though, break this tie, just because it is something, as Eric talked about, future losses. You got to hedge against it. You got even Jarrell Casey, as excited as we all are about him. He's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Not that there's a whole lot to worry about there in terms of his health history, but I'm going Murchison as well, uh, which makes the pick. Oh, let me scroll back up and then we'll get into the next one. Murchison is the pick. And we move on now. It's going to be a second. So, Nick, I know that uh, you wanted the wide receiver, but what are your thoughts on Murchison if the if he did in fact end up in the orange and blue? I like Murchison a fair amount. He's a little bit of a inside outside kind of tweener. He wish he was a little bit longer. Honestly, if I was picking the defensive line there, I might have gone with McTelvin Agam from Arkansas, a guy who's been getting a lot of press here down the stretch. A lot of people saying going to sneak in the back of the day two, but uh, I like Murchison a fair amount. I thought that. He had some really high-end games. I think last year against Virginia, he had like all of or three sacks in that game. Maybe that was 2018, but it wasn't really consistent game to game where I saw his impact. And I just I worry about the size with him. So I thought Agam was a little bit more well-rounded. But you know, you're getting a depth piece there on the defensive line in the sixth round. You know that's always a good idea. Okay, so we have this board is resolving really quick here, and then we're going to dive in. Is it? Do the Broncos have one pick in the seventh round? It's just one Two. right now. It two is two. The late. They're two right. comp picks, I think. Okay. All right. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's see how this shakes out. So two more picks to be made for the Denver Broncos. They're coming up next at 252. You're right, 252 and 254. All right. Here's the last few names that went off the board. Trey Adams, Cole McDonald, Luke Luton, Nate Stanley. Dang it. Went at 248. Mm-hmm. I was thinking – I was looking at him for the seventh round. Uh, Cameron Clark. All right. As far as 
the highest rated prospects on this board currently available, Rodney Clemens, Carter Coughlin, Reggie Robinson, Raymond Calais. This is where we get especially into the knowledge aspect of our draft analysts who know the depth of this class. And we're going to be, I'm sure, leaning on your guys' knowledge in that respect. So with that being said, I'm going to start the clock. Let's try and move through these two seventh-round picks, guys, as quick as we can. Eric, go, my friend. Muted. Muted. Mm -hmm. Start over. Can you go to receivers? I want to see if Isaiah Coulter is still there. Ooh, let's check out the Coulter machine. Wide receiver. Scrolling. Bear with me one. Yep, he's there. That's the way I would go at 252, and then at 254, I'd be going Reggie Robinson out of, I believe it's Tulsa, another defensive back. Okay. Isaiah Coulter. Zach, what are you thinking, my my friend? Nick kind of sold me on Coulter. I like what do you know what he brings to the table potentially as an upside player, as a project receiver, and he's not going to feel any pressure to perform right away either. The Broncos have two receiving weapons they took ahead of him. He can develop slowly. He can push Winfrey or Patrick or Hamilton. I'm going Coulter as well. Okay. Uh, let me see who we got here. Next up on the pick is uh, Carl. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted Coulter last time. Can't sway away from that. That'd be my guy. Okay. We got three for Coulter. Nick, I guess you're staying with Coulter, huh? Well, now that everybody voted for him, I don't want him anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I agree with Eric here. I think Coulter and Robinson are both fourth round picks. They're going to be guys that are early off the board day three. And when you're talking about seventh round picks, you know, some people will be like, well, you haven't taken a position X, Y, Z yet. It's a seventh round pick. Honest to God, that does not mean anything at that point. Take the guys you think have a chance to make the roster. Coulter and Robinson, they shouldn't be here this late. I would be ecstatic with both of them. Okay. Lance, what are you thinking? Well, just to agree with everybody else, I'm going to go Isaiah Coulter here at 252. And then at 254, if he's still available, you might as well get Raymond Calais out of uh, the Louisiana Tech, I think is what it is. Uh, the the running back speedy guy, uh, just add more speed to this offense. Speed on top of speed, multidimensional speed. Uh, I like him as a third down back as far as a pass catcher, but it, that's, that's a good pick to me. Um, Robinson wouldn't hurt my feelings either. Luke, your thoughts? Going Coulter, especially because he's around this late. I mean, I'm just shocked this mock has him here. Um, like a lot of the fellows have said, you don't have a lot to lose in this late round draft. The wide receiver depth, it's still here. And, um, yeah, I've got to go Coulter. The guy, I can't believe he's here. This would be great. I'm, I'm leaning on the knowledge that you guys have of this uh, class, and I'm going to agree and go Coulter, who ends up as the pick. And that brings us to 254. Eric, let's see if your guy Robinson is still on the board. He is. So I, that's your pick. Zach, any Hail Mary for the last pick in this class that you're thinking? No, I like Robinson because I believe in, in strengthening a strength. And I just adding more to your already solid position, your positional group. I, I like that pick as well. So I agree. Okay. Um, Luke, what do you like here? Seventh round, you tell me. Going John Runyon, offensive lineman out of Michigan. Uh, he can play guard. He can play tackle. The son of Pro Bowl, his father, John Runyon Sr., so he is technically a junior. Um, really liked what I saw from this young man in Tampa this January. Bronco scouts were watching him nonstop, something I definitely took note of. He's a very scrappy individual, not the most athletic offensive lineman. I do like him more at the guard position. He could develop. Oh, is he out? Is he out? Is he running out? I'm looking at all the different – in case they have him classified weird, I'm checking here. Okay. If not, then uh, – I, I don't see him, my brother. Either he's picked or they don't have him ranked, which I doubt. So he's probably off the board. 
you want to go interior defensive line for me? Maybe see if Carlos Davis is still available. I'm pretty sure he is. I thought I saw him. No, there's defensive tackle. Let me see defensive end. No, if he went off the board, it was uh, relatively recently. He is off the board at 245. How's Jawan Johnson, wide receiver from Oregon? Is he available? Let's take a quick look. There, Jonathan. Oh, no. that's uh, Let me go Johnson. Only Jonathan Johnson from his zoo. Mm, man, you guys put me in a tough spot. I'm going to actually – Sorry, might check tight ends too for the Oregon guy. There's a lot of talk about moving him to tight end. Oh, okay. Especially with his size. Yeah, I'm not seeing him. Okay. Uh, man, you guys are putting me on the spot here. I guess if I was going to go position, um, I'm sure Tony Do- Tony Jones Jr. from Notre Dame is there at the running back position. I know we've already drafted a running back, but the Broncos made a lot of trips, specifically six trips to South Bend to look at some players, and Tony Jones Jr. was one of those. So I'm going to go late-round running back because you've got nothing to lose. Hey, fair enough. Uh, Lance, your pick here. Ray McLeace, I'm going to stay with that one. If he's still available, Louise, he had a raging Cajun. I'm going to go with that speed uh, over Tony Jones Jr. I, th- I think it's a just to multi-dimensional speed. You have to score points in this in this league right now, and you have to figure out a way to maintain to keep up points with the Kansas City Chiefs in this division. So Ray McLeace is my guy. Okay, let me see how to get Carl back on. There we go, Carl. So you wait? Did uh, we already get. I'm confused now. Who do you like here? Uh, I'll, I'll go with that with Robertson as well. Just, uh, <laughs> I mean, secondary players are some of your best special teams players. And the Broncos have struggled on special teams and coverages for quite a few years. And to actually add quite a bit to our secondary like this, I, I think it finally makes them a, a decent unit. Not a great unit, but a decent unit. Okay, we got three for Robinson. It's looking like that's the way this thing's going to go. Nick, what are you thinking, though? It's last pick in the draft. I'm leaving Robinson as well. I mean, he almost has 32 inch arm length. He's six foot one, about 210 pounds. He ran a four, four, five, 40. The Broncos have taken Burgess and Emik Robertson. Both those guys are nickels and slots. Robinson's going to play the boundary. He's a different type of cornerback. You know, it's like a slot wide receiver and a boundary wide receiver aren't really the same position. So I'm shocked that Robinson's here this late. He can play zone. He can play press man. And I think he's got physicality to his game. He's got, I mean, He's going to compete with Isaac Adam day one. And if he kicks Isaac Adam off the team because he plays better, I'm not going to shed a tear. Okay, guys, that's it. The draft is in the books. It was a doomsday scenario to open. And as a war room, we tried to make the best of a less than ideal situation. Um, Last thing, guys, and then I'm going to cut you all loose. And then Zach and I will mow through these super chats and try and get to as many as we can here tonight. But I just want to go around the table. Let's keep it short because we're already really long here. And by the way, great conversation, great content. I hope our listeners will get to the comments and the super chats again here in just a minute. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. I had a blast. I'm going to go around the table and just you guys give me some thoughts and give me a grade. But let me first list the entire class in this war room. 15, Mekhi Becton, the offensive tackle from Louisville. At 46 in the second round, Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver from Arizona State. At 77, it was ADG, Akeem Davis-Gaither, the linebacker, from Appalachian State at 83, it was Amik Robertson, the corner from Louisiana Tech. At 95, it was the center, Keith Ishmael, uh, from San Diego State. 118, Terrell Burgess, the safety from Utah. 178, it was Antonio Gibson, the running back slash wide receiver slash returner from Memphis. At 181, it was Laurel Murchison, the big defensive tackle from NC State. 252, it was the 
wide receiver, Isaiah Coulter from Rhode Island. And then lastly, 254, we double up on the corner and grab Reggie Robinson from Tulsa. So with that being said, Eric, I'm going to go ahead and start with you as the senior draft analyst, and then we will wish you a good evening here. You can get back to your family. How would you grade this first and foremost, and then just your overall thoughts on what took place tonight? And you're muted. No, you're not. I'd end up giving this a B. I think that some of the later round picks definitely helped save it a little bit. Makai Becton, I think that with what was there, I can get the pick, but there's just too many concerns for me with him, especially trying to fit him in with what Denver wants to do up front. I'm just kind of questioned about that. But I think that what we all learned from this is that this is exactly why if you want a receiver, you need to go up and get him because we got to the point where we had to reach for Brandon Ayuk a little bit. We had to go and sit there and just hope that guys fell to our other picks that just weren't able to fall there. I mean, we got a good one in Isaiah Coulter very late. Very late. And I'm glad he glad fell he there. Fell there. I just, it's just with, yeah, we're getting, we're getting, I don't know. We've been, we've been on the screen for an hour hour and 12 minutes. So it might, it might be yard is is short now. I don't know, know but uh, we might have to wrap this up. Let me, oh, now it's, it's steadying. Eric, finish your thought there. So I think that we definitely had to go and trade up for it. Um, trade up for one of the receivers. I think that Henry Ruggs, obviously. But with what we got, with not trading and everything, I, again, I'd give it a solid B. Definitely like the picks from outside of the first two picks. I absolutely really love it. But those are the two picks you want to nail. And I just don't think that we really nailed those two picks. Fair enough. Eric, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight and, and serve on the – in the war room as our lead draft analyst, man, have a good night. And we'll of course be back and talking to you here soon. Of course, I'll be letting all the listeners know what we've got cooking for Thursday and Friday night, but have a good night, bro. Thank you for having me on. All right. We'll see you soon. Lance, since it's your partner signing off, let's grab you next here. What are your thoughts on this class? First of all, a grade, and then just some, some brief thoughts overall. I'm kind of with Eric on this one. It's it's a, a B, probably a B minus to me. I, just with the way that the first two rounds turned out, with getting with having to settle for Mackay Becton at 15, and then reaching just a little bit for Brandon Ayuk, I, I would have probably gone with a with a cornerback a little bit earlier. I like Amik Robertson, but with Damon Arnett being the guy on the board right there, that was just the way that I really wanted to go. Uh, the like Eric said, the later round guys that we got, the Antonio Gibson, Isaiah Coulter, uh, that that really helps out a lot. But still, just the top end of this draft is really it doesn't move the needle for me it just doesn't all right man well thanks for taking the time for us and we'll be seeing you again of course thursday night so have a good night my brother yeah man i'm yeah, excited man. to join on thursday all right buddy all right buddy Guys, I don't know Guys, where this echo is coming from. It's coming from. on all sides, so it's something on our platform here that is going haywire. It comes in, then it goes out. Carl, your thoughts on the, the class and a grade? Well, I, I think for 2021, this could be an absolutely amazing draft. For 2020, I'm not sure how great of an impact, especially those early round picks, just because Becton, I mean, we don't even know if he'd be starting. IU definitely has some room to, to grow as a, as a player. Uh, but those middle rounds and late rounds really did a great job for this draft. I felt like that was where we really grabbed a lot of uh, value and talent that lined up with both position and and need, all those kind of things. But uh, but yeah, it, it's for me, it's looking more towards 2021 than 2020 with this draft. How would you grade it? Oh uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll give it a B minus. Just because, like I said, I, I do think this could be turn out to be a great draft when we look back at it in five years. But maybe 2020, we're kind of going, what were they thinking? 
You planning on spending some time with us in the draft room on Thursday night? Well, of course. Okay, brother. We'll see you there, guys. Uh, Say goodbye to Carl. Carl, have a good night, and thank you for taking the time. Loved it. Nick, my dog, what's on – what do you think? I think overall it's about as good as you could hope considering how the board fell. I mean, a lot of people wanted one of those other tackles there. A lot of people wanted the wide receiver there. Makai Becton has a chance to be the best tackle of the entire bunch in this entire draft. So – I like him a lot. Hopefully I'm not echoing right now for you guys. <laughs> nope, you're good. Okay, good. And uh, then Brandon Ayuk, I really like Ayuk there. He's a guy that I have a first-round grade on. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has been talking about him being the fourth-best, fifth-best wide receiver in this class, a guy that's not getting past the Packers. So I really would be excited about that. And the rest of the draft, I mean, getting playmakers, speaking on defense, solidifying the trenches, I, I give it a solid B. And I know, I know that Paul would rather, rather have a wide receiver <laughs> <laughs> round round one, 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 impact one, one, one right, right away, but your draft, draft picks are not, are not out out the upcoming season, <laughs> but rather five to ten year investments. So that's how you got to play the draft. That's how it fell. That's the way to do it. Right on. Thanks, my brother. And we will be talking to you Thursday and Friday night. There goes Nick Kendall. Nick, have a great night, bro. Thank you. See ya. All right, buddy. Luke, you're the last one with us here tonight. Give us uh, some some brief thoughts and a grade on this class, the way you see it. Yeah, you know, for everybody saying this has been the nightmare scenario. Everybody- oh, and he's gone. I don't know where he went. <laughs> but, hey, we love Luke. I, I uh, For what it's worth, my hands were right here. I don't know what happened to our friend there. He just bounced yeah. out. But could be connection issues. In all fairness, Zach, between you and I, this is the longest I think we've ever been on a stream. So we might be pushing the bounds of – what uh, StreamYard is capable of up to this point. So with uh, with Luke bouncing out, what are your thoughts overall on this class? And I'll start looking at Super Chat. You know, true to form, I- I'm going to give this class a C+. I- I'm, this would have been a D for me, Chad, if the Broncos, if we didn't all collectively save this draft with the middle round picks. They did not get the best offensive tackle. They did not get the best wide receiver. Uh, and they just missed on those two top, those two premium rounds. They have to emerge with better players. It was a nightmare scenario. And in real life, the Broncos would have either traded up for a receiver or traded back from their current spot at 15. I love the middle round picks. I love the value we got, especially in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. But the first two picks just bring it down for me. So I'm going uh, C plus for this haul. You know, for me, I really think. I'm, I'm hanging my hat on, on the work that was done in the middle rounds, like a lot of you guys have said tonight. Not exactly ideal in terms of the second-round pick for me with Brandon Ayuk, but honestly, I wouldn't be shedding any tears if Mekki Becton. I know it's not what a lot of Broncos fans want. They want that wide receiver, and uh, our colleagues here want that wide receiver. You want that wide receiver, Zach, in the first round. I totally get that, but for me, I'm okay with betting on the, the depth of this class and grabbing a different blue-chip player in the first round so I could live with Becton for me overall I'm gonna I'm gonna give this class a B plus just shy of a, an A caliber grade because this is a little bit closer to the way I would like to see it play out in real life but let's see what our awesome listeners thought of this we'll get to the uh, super chats here and I know we've got a few of our guys hanging out in the, the war room guys or in the green room you're welcome to hang out if you got things to do by all means, uh, don't feel like you need to hang out. Our users can't see it, but they're hanging out in the war room. Just want to let you know that I'm going to stop the share screen, and I'm going to begin the process. And by the way, all you guys that can hear me still in the in the green room, I'll be circling back and being in touch here uh, as soon as we get off this this stream. 
But Zach, we have Terry jumping in up in Canada. Appreciate that, my friend. Thank really you. early on in the super chats, two dollar super. Smash the like button, peeps. We echo that. If uh, you haven't liked it, wherever you're watching, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, give us a like. It's a simple, organic way to support the show. It helps algorithmically, no matter what platform it is. We really appreciate it. From uh, MHH Mount Rushmore, we got Ed Keating jumping in early on with a $10 super. Thank you, Ed. And his comment was, so ready for the draft, so ready for Broncos football. Who's with me? Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Appreciate you, Edward. And then I'm going to continue to mosey through these. And it's going to do – this is way early in the stream. And here soon it's going to do a jump on us, and I'm going to have to pull off the comments off of YouTube. Uh, Jeff jumping in, Jeffrey Green, $2 super. Appreciate you. Second that motion, smash the like. That's two reminders for you guys. Smash it. Terry again, uh, smash it, $2 super. Speed, state of being. We love you, Terry. We appreciate you, my friend. Uh, All right, and then it just did the jump. So – Let me scroll up to the next closest one. And Zach, while you grab this, I'm going to hop over onto YouTube and start uh, migrating some of these supers into the banners. Yeah. Sean jumping in with a 999 donation. Sean, appreciate that. That's awesome. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you so much. He says, Hey guys, uh, thanks for the content. Just arrived on the show right now. What are your guys' opinion on Antonio Gibson out of Memphis? Uh, Case of Gordon remorse and where do you see him getting drafted? Well, I don't know if you stuck around for the entire pod tonight, but we actually took him in, what was it, the fifth round, Chad? The sixth round? In the, somewhere in the middle rounds. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it was pick 178, so that was the that was the fifth round. Yeah, that's. I think that's tremendous value. I'm a big fan of his, and I was saying this before my mic cut out, Melvin Gordon's not going to be around forever. You need pass-catching versatility. Royce Freeman's not the long-term backup, and I think long-term Gibson and Phillip Lindsay is an ideal one-two punch. It brings juice to the offense. You can't have too much speed. As Lance was saying, you can't have too many weapons for Drew Locke. I like him a lot, and I like where we got him, Chad, in the fifth round. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's uh... – all you got to know about him is he's four three nine, and that's not all. I mean, you know, you don't want to boil it down to one trait, but if you need speed on this offense, that is something that Gibson brings in yeah. spades. And uh, so, thank you for that, Sean. We really do appreciate it. Let me just grab this one here from Larry. Bear with me one second. Jumping in with a super chat, two dollar super early on. Uh, he said. Is the word on Jerry Judy a smokescreen for rugs? And for those who missed it, the storyline out of uh, Denver Sunday morning was uh, the pot got stirred by Woody Page, who is about as legendary an insider in Denver as anybody. He's not a mouthpiece, per se, in terms of the guy the team is trying to feed for its everyday breaking of news. However, he is a guy that is connected at the very top of the hierarchy at Dove Valley and in response to someone asking him on Twitter whether or not he thinks the Broncos are going to hold tight at 15, he basically replied that he thinks the Broncos move up to either 8 or 10 for Jerry Judy, Zach. So is that a smokescreen? I tend to think there's a, some truth to it, but what are your thoughts for for Larry? I, I said this on Twitter about a week ago. I, I my gut, I, I want rugs personally. But my gut tells me the Broncos want the safer option of the two. If they're going to trade up, if they're going to gamble and surrender draft capital to get their wide receiver, I feel like they want the guy who's more advanced right now, who's a safer pick, and that's Jerry Judy. 
Much as I love rugs, I mean, no matter what, you got to go out and get them. I, if, if they move up, I would not be surprised if Judy's the pick. He's a he's a more of a technician. He still offers speed, great route running. I think a more well-rounded wide receiver, especially initially in his first year and going forward. So it would not surprise me at all if he is the pick. But I will say again, if the Broncos do move up now, there's enough smoke and there's enough fire now. If they're moving up, it's not for a tackle. It's not for a cornerback. It's not for a defender. It's for a wide receiver. If that's Judy Lamb or Rugs, I'm happy. Nad Ludlow jumping in with a $2 super. Appreciate you, Nad. Every little bit supports the cause. It's going to be for tonight's show. All of the analysts, the super chat goes to keep the lights on for everybody. We really appreciate each and every super chat. He says, thanks for doing this. Appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for joining us. And let's grab uh, Dale in Hawaii who jumps in with a massive super chat, $50. Thank you, Dale. You know, we love you, bro. He says, great job, guys. If, uh, I fell in first – if fell in first would rather have – oh, the way it felt. So the way it fell early, he would rather have taken Mims in the first round, Chin in the second, ADG, Burgess, Ishmael, and then followed by an OT. But, yeah, it'll be really interesting, Zach, to see how it ultimately shakes out uh, in the real thing. But uh, Dale showing some love right there, a true OG and a real Super Chat superstar. We appreciate you, Dale. Yeah, that's incredibly humbling. Thank you so much. Uh, I personally wouldn't reach for Mims at 15. Again, in that scenario, if the way it played out, the Broncos would probably trade down into the 20s and take a, a center like Cushenberry or another player. Um, Mims is just a little too early for me, but I like him a lot. He's my wide receiver five after Justin Jefferson. That's why I wanted Jefferson in the first round, just a better wide receiver um, and offers more versatility for this offense. All right. Unfortunately, because it was so early in the stream, I can't show the super chat card, but our friend super chat superstar Black Knight two thirty two wow. with a very generous super chat fifty dollars. Appreciate you, Thank my you friend. So you know that means everything to us, and we really appreciate it. And he says, "No, thank you on Judy. Anyone is better than him." So Black Knight two thirty two not feeling the whole Judy thing, and probably would take exception to the idea that he's the safer pick here. But uh, for me, it would go. Lamb, and then it would go Rugs, and then it would go Judy. So in terms of the top three, I'm I'm inclined to agree. Even though I could get on, I mean, I would be on board with Judy if they end up making him the pick. I can get behind it. He's a he's a really good player. I don't I don't think he sucks by any stretch. He's a really good young wideout. But yeah, dude, Black Knight jumping in from the top rope. We love you, bro. Yeah, Jerry Judy to me is more Amari Cooper, whereas Ty- Henry Ruggs is Tyree Kill. And in this offense, I want the Tyree Kill. I don't want the the, gr- the great route runner, the great technician. I want the speedster. But like I said, if they can emerge from the first round with any wide receiver, I'm going to be a happy guy. I was shaking my head before because this draft class, Chad, I have not recalled one in recent memory that is so subjective where literally every prospect has a differing opinion. Every fan wants somebody else. We all want different wide receivers, but the point remains that the Broncos have to emerge from the first two rounds with a premium guy. Again, thank you, Black Knight. You know, we love you, buddy. Leon jumping in, $2 super. Appreciate you, Leon. Lamb, rugs, Judy from what I mean. Arizona. I'm in the house. I'm I'm the house in the house. Okay, Arizona. Broncos country is not a geographic location. We know this, man. It is a state of being. It is wherever you are. And right now, you're here with us talking Broncos, talking draft. Leon, thank you. That's how he ranks them. That's actually exactly how I rank them as well. That's what I'm saying. Everyone has differing opinions. Some think that Lamb is the wide receiver three. Other people think he's the wide receiver one. We all have our opinions, but I think we all recognize we'd all be happy with any of the big three uh, later this week. 
from Mile High Huddle, Mount Rushmore, TG, the man jumping in, $10 super. Appreciate you, TG. You know we do. He says, keep up the good work, guys. Get C.D. Lamb. That's what I'm saying. If it must be a wide receiver in the first round, I'm saying C.D. Lamb. I could live with any one of the big three wideouts at it, it, uh, pick 15 or earlier. Jefferson, you could probably talk me into it if it came down to it, but I would prefer C.D. Lamb. I'm not trading up for C.D. Lamb, but I'd be fine taking him at 15. All right, let's grab Christy, who is just so consistent, so outgoing, and such a huge influence in the MHH community, jumping in off the top rope from Mount Rushmore as well, $58 super. Thank you, Christy. We love the symbology there too, the symbolism of the 58. She says, love my guys, by the way. I'd love a three-hour show. Man. <laughs> About halfway there, so. You're going to have to, I'll, you know, I'll message you my wife's phone number. You convince her of that, and maybe we can get something cooking. That's funny. Thank you so much, Christy. That's incredibly generous. We appreciate you, and we, we love you as well. All right, let's grab Terry jumped back in up in Canada. Hashtag state of being as always. He says, uh, with a five dollar super, thank you, Terry. Thank you, uh, I think Rugs could be a Suggs. Excuse me. Do you think Suggs could be a good depth vet presence fit? Hashtag football priest. Hashtag Nick's beer fund. Nick's gone, but he'll appreciate that when he listens after the fact. Hashtag Eric's tie rocks. Eric is always spiffily dressed, right? He's he's a spiffster. Um, stay safe, Broncos country. Appreciate that, Terry. Thank you. Uh, all right, we're moving through. Speaking of Mount Rushmore, you guys know that a podcast, especially one of this magnitude, is not going to go by without hearing from the ultimate Super Chat superstar, Stu McPeak, in the house with wow. a very generous $50 super. Amen. You know we love you. Thank you. That's nothing more we can say. We, we appreciate it so, so deeply. Hope everything's going okay for you. Our friend Stu is uh, in the airline biz, as most uh, longtime members of the community know. So we hope everything's going okay for you there, Stu. We appreciate you. Thank you, Stu. And we're, we're glad you like the content tonight. A little bit stressful with all the different moving pieces, but ultimately I think it came out as good as it possibly could have. I think it looked pretty good. Peterson Creative jumping in with a $20 super. Awesome. Thank you. That's not a name I recognize in the Super Chat. And Peterson, if you're on Twitter, reach out. Let us know who you are. Let me know who you are so that we can connect and uh, shout you out on Twitter after the fact. Really appreciate that $20 Super. He says, uh, can't wait to listen to the War Room pod later. Just popped in to show some love. Keep it up, fellas. Okay, it's, it is at Bleeds Origin Blue. Okay, Peterson Creative is, is at – okay, I got to connect those dots. I'll, I'll be able to do that. Thank you, my friend. And uh, you also, by the way, follow him on Twitter. He's a really fun follow as it relates to passionate and knowledgeable Broncos fans. And speaking of that, let's grab a guy who is a big time part of this community, is very helpful as a uh, moderator in the Mile High Huddle super fan group on Facebook, does a great job for us helping out. And he jumps in here with a 25 pound, 25 pounds and 58 Pence? I don't know. Is that how they say it over there? Uh, Thank you, James. James Campbell. We love you, buddy. He says, really hope the Broncos come away in the draft with rugs. He just does more without the ball in his hands. And that's something that Eric talks about a lot. Nick talks about it a lot, that 
he doesn't even have to be getting the ball in order to affect how defenses have to cover this this offense and and account for it. He says, um, really like Kenny Robinson, mm-hmm. Oja and Reggie Robinson. Oh, and then I cut him off. Hold on, let me grab the rest of it over here. Uh, Chin, Pert, and Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor is a guy, as you guys know, that Luke is uh, big on because for a lot of reasons, but especially because he was at the CU Pro Day and was able to kind of see with his own eyes the type of reaction that that linebacker from CU was getting from the assembled scouts, including the Denver Broncos scouts. But James, appreciate you, Doc. Yeah, and uh, for our last comment for Peterson, if when you listen to the pod, let us know what you think. Let us know what your grade is. You know, hit us up on Twitter. Check in with the pod tomorrow. We we like to know what you think. I'm a big fan of Kenny Robinson. Chad, I've been I've been doing my studying on him. I wrote about him for the Cowboys. He's drawing a lot of interest from many different teams. Uh, a ball hawk of West Virginia, a ball hawk in the XFL. He had two picks and five starts. He was a guy I was considering as early as the third round for the Broncos. So if he's the pick in real life, I would not mind that in the least. All right, let's grab uh, Bradley Duncan jumping in. $5 super. Thank you, Bradley. Let us know who you are on Twitter so we can tag you. He says, awesome platform and tool to explore the draft. Way to go, MHH. Zach and Chad, you are the best. Thank you. We appreciate that, my friend. Tonight, though, as you could tell, especially as we got into the wee hours of this draft, that Zach and I have to rely on these real draft experts. These are guys that know the class from front to back, all 300-some-odd names, some more than others, obviously, but – Guys like Eric, guys like Nick, I mean, they and Carl, they know these this class front to back. And in situations like this, as you can see, you hear us talk about it all the time on these podcasts, but that's where Zach and I really rely on these dudes. Yeah, Bradley, we, we, we're we happy that you like it. And uh, we're kind of working out the kinks before we have these live streams for the draft coming up. And, you know, like the, like the NFL as well, they're holding a virtual simulation. It's a it's a weird, uncharted offseason, an uncharted draft. We're trying to work through it. So we hope uh, it was a good product for you. Jeffrey Green jumping in with the $2 super again. Appreciate you, Jeff. Let us know if you're on Twitter so I can tag you. He says, love you guys, but yeah, LOL. Not a huge fan. I'm, I'm guessing not a huge fan of how it shook out early on, and especially in the first round. And that's understandable. I know that uh, a lot of people in Broncos country are pining for one of the top wide receivers, Zach. I couldn't see the emoji didn't pop up for me. Was it an angry face? Yeah, it's like, no, it's like a puke face. Like okay, a puke. I, I agree. Yeah, the first two rounds were god-awful for the Broncos, and it, it would have been a D, like I said, if it wasn't for the middle-round value that we got. Mile High Six Sports jumping in from up in Canada. Appreciate that, my friend. $2 super. Broncos YouTuber here. I think we pick Judy. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it comes out that way. Um, you know, when Woody Page breaks something or points in a specific direction – yeah. I'm inclined to believe him just because his track record is just bulletproof. Yeah, if the Broncos trade up for a wide receiver, it's going to be either Judy or Henry Ruggs, I believe. And if he lasts till 15, Jerry Judy, he's probably going to be the pick if they don't have to give up anything. And like Chad and I can agree on, we wouldn't mind whoever it is in the top three so long as one of the top three wears orange and blue by next Thursday night. All right, let's mow through these last few awesome Super Chat superstars as quick as we can. Um, I feel this stomach starting to rumble. It needs to be fed, Zach. Terry jumping in again, $2 Super. He says uh, ADG plus AJ equals dropping bombs. That would be a sight to behold, Zach, seeing Akeem Davis-Gaither playing next to Alexander Johnson. 
I mean, Todd Davis is your only weak link on this defense. So you replace him with a talent like ADG, and the Broncos are just stacked with their front line with Jerome Casey. Then you got Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, ADG, AJ Johnson, and the secondary who we mentioned, who we fortified in this draft class. Uh, it would be phenomenal, Chad. Larry jumping in again with a $2 super. We Thank appreciate you, you Larry. Uh, he says, passing on Damon Arnett would be terrible. And we did pass on Damon, but I, I like the corner that we came out with earlier in the draft in uh, Amik Robertson. I get what you're saying, but uh, it just that's the way it fell. It wasn't a consensus pick. There were some that wanted Arnett, but we ended up with Robertson there, Zach. Between Robertson and Burgess, though, you got two versatile guys, and Vic Fangio covets versatility. Look at Justin Simmons, who played everything from nickel quarter to safety last year. So Robertson and Burgess, they can do it all in that secondary, and uh, I'm very, very happy with those picks, Chad. Okay, let me see if I missed anybody else. There's a few that have come in here toward the end. Let me just make sure there's Josh. Josh reminds you. Lightly tapping the like button sometimes works as well. You don't necessarily have to smash it. Lightly tap it. Preserve those touch screens. Preserve those keyboards, Zach. As long as the button gets pressed, as long as that like registers, we don't care. That's right. And we appreciate you jumping back in, Josh. Uh, Derek jumping in with a $5 super. He says, uh, although, and by the way, Derek, I don't know if you have a Twitter account. I just type your name instead of being able to tag you. So if you're on Twitter, reach out, let me know who you are. And we appreciate this donation, my friend. He says, although not ideal, we all have to be excited at a replacement for Bulls with huge athletic upside. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you get your heart set on a wide receiver. But, guys, I mean, you heard what Nick said. Mekhi Becton is the ninth overall prospect in his on his big board, and we got him at 15. So even if that were the doomsday scenario per se, it's not like you're coming away with some, you know, craptastic pick. Right, and if you open a left tackle competition between Becton and Garrett Bowles, the winner obviously deserves to start, but then you have a pretty good swing guy behind them, either the top-rated rookie who you drafted or uh, Garrett Bowles, who's a multi-year starter now. So I I like having more at the position, at the very least, any depth chat behind Juwan James and Garrett Bowles. Becton, though, what scares me is his unpredictability. He can either be amazing or terrible, and the Broncos have whiffed for so many years on tackles. I just don't want another project devoted to that position. Logan jumped in with a $3 super showing some love. Appreciate you, Logan. Mr. Castillo jumps in $10 super. Thank you. Both of you guys, if you're on Twitter, please reach out and let me know who you are so we can connect and I can tag you after the fact. He says, not the best draft, but thanks for the work. MHH. Appreciate you. Hey, listen, we understand that, uh, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and not everyone's going to love each and every pick where they were made. But part of this is you're, you're watching and you're listening after the fact, however you're consuming this podcast, to hear the conversation, to hear the deliberations, to understand why this guy might be a fit or why this guy takes precedent over this guy. And that's where we hope you got the most value out of this particular podcast. Yeah, I, it's, it's so subjective and we couldn't all agree even as a unit. So I don't expect the fans to all come together and agree. Right. We did the best we could with the, the situation that was given. It wasn't ideal. It was far from it, but it could have been worse, too. It could have been better, but it could have been worse. Muhammad jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, rock stars, love you guys. Not as much as we love you. Thank you. And remind me, you're Broncos2005, right, on Twitter? I want to make sure it's the right guy that I'm connecting here. Uh, Tanner C. jumping in, $5 super. Appreciate you, bro. You, uh, Broncos fan from Rhode Island with Tom Brady gone. The Pats fans retreated into their holes. Shocker. If you could have anyone from the draft, young Okuda, Included, who would it be? 
honestly, for me, it would really be a Sophie's choice between Okuda and Isaiah Simmons. Zach. Yeah, I think Simmons is the one we can agree on. He's just I pound for pound, I think, the best defensive prospect in this draft with respect to Chase Young. I would gladly take him on this Broncos defense. So if I had to come down to it, Henry Ruggs can wait for me. I would take Simmons if I had my choice. Brian, one of the true OGs and Super Chat superstars from the MHH Mount Rushmore. Every little bit means a lot to us. You know that, Brian. Appreciate yeah, you, man. Thank you, Brian. And uh, Buona Beast, we appreciate you keeping things moving in the chat stream. The mayor of our community on YouTube, you know, we appreciate you. And he's reminding John, go to milehighhuddle.com, look at Nick Kendall's article on the defensive backs. It explains the whole safety nickel dynamic, which is true. Very good read. Uh, it did really well at milehighhuddle.com. Check that out. All right, guys, last one. Then we got to sign off for tonight from Black Knight 232. Jumping back in. Man, we really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. He says, I say trade back into the first and grab Jeff Gladney and Mims. And I honestly, Gladney was an option in my book at pick 15. I ended up siding with, with the whole Becton thing just because he's so highly rated. But Jeff Gladney, I, if the Broncos used one of those third rounders to either jump back in late first, early second, you probably have to get into the late first if you want to get Jeff Gladney. But for me, it would be a really hard decision between Gladney and Mims. Depending on how the first round goes, of course, who they come away with at that pick. I just don't happen to think this is one area where Chad and I deviate, that cornerback is that pressing of a need where you have to burn a first-round pick or trade back up for a player like Gladney. I'm waiting. We got Robertson in the third round. I thought that was pretty good value. Um, That's where I would go in real life. So I would mind a move up for Mims in the first round if they went offensive line or wherever at 15. I'm not trading up for Gladney, though. I'm waiting on cornerback. John, I'm going to check on YouTube and see if I – yep, you're right. It did skip you. Bear with me one sec, my brother. We're going to get you right here. John jumping in. And, John, if you are on uh, Twitter, please reach out and uh, let me know who you are so that we can tag you as a thank you and and as as a shout-out after this show. Uh, He jumped in $5 super. Thank Thank you, John. Why do we need to draft a safety in the first couple of rounds if we already have Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson? That's a great question. The answer is this. In today's NFL, that third safety is basically a starter position. It rotates in with the third linebacker. And the way that things are moving, I mean, you heard Vic Fangio at the Combine talk about he thinks six defensive back sets are going to become more and more of a norm. Well, that's a five DB set, depending on the personnel that's on the field. But with Will Parks being gone, Zach, it's simply a hole on this defense. It's a starting caliber hole, and that's why it's very much on the table for this team in the premium rounds. I recognize that it's a need, but this is kind of piggybacks off my last point with cornerback. I'm not addressing the secondary until you address the offense first. That comes that's priority prioritization. Drew Locke, his protection, his weaponry, and the third safety was Will Parks. Would you use a first round pick on Will Parks, a second round pick on Will Parks? You can turn Trey Marshall to that third safety in Vic Fangio's defense. If this was if this was Vance Joseph, I would advocate to get that blue chip safety. But because it's Vic Fangio and his scheme and his ability, I'm letting him develop a later round guy. Burgess, where we got him, Chad, would be an excellent third option. I recognize Kareem Jackson's not going to be around forever, but Justin Simmons will be. You have other needs across the board first. So that's I agree with that 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 notion. I'm waiting on safety. Uh, Black Knight, because you are the man, I'm gonna refresh my memory here on this. I know I looked at this, but you gotta forgive me because 
so many fan mocks get thrown my way and I get added and tagged on Twitter that sometimes they just run together. I'm sure you can understand. I'm looking here. Uh, let me find it here. You know what? This might have to be something. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Bear with me. I'm looking. I know you posted it on milehighhuddle.com. It's the Google Doc. Okay, let me grab the Google Doc. Bear with us one sec, guys. We want to show some love to this Super Chat superstar and big-time member of our community here, so bear with us. And by the way, what he's talking about here, he participated in a uh, fan mock, and he shared it on the community section at milehighhuddle.com. These are the type of things we want all of you doing. We want you keeping the conversation going at milehighhuddle.com, in the community section, in the comments section. This is how we keep the ball rolling, and I'm looking here. Um, Okay, let me see here, Zach. I'll, I'll rattle a few of these off for you here. I'm trying to look here. Um, I don't see how it's distinguished, so I know who made what. Oh, you, did you do this entire mock? Let me see. Hold on. Black Knight, did you do is, – is every selection here your selection? I'm curious because I don't see – room for it being anyway why don't why don't i just put a pin in that one my brother and uh we'll i'll look at it again before tomorrow night show zach and i are going to be back in the saddle tomorrow night 6 15 mountain 8 15 eastern so uh bear with us on that and steve wants to know um excited for thursday night what you got cooking for thursday and friday so we're hoping Streamyard is going to be able to maintain the stream for as long as we plan on being on but we're going to go live 10 minutes or so before round one kicks off, get the juices flowing, and then we're going to be on to react for each and every pick. Okay, Black Knight saying he was picking the Broncos. All right, give me a second. Um, and so we're just going to be rotating on Zach and I. There will be different times in the podcast where we have to bounce out and we'll come back, and it'll be a gas. But uh, plan on, if you want to hang out with us, we're going to be streaming Thursday night through the entire first round, all of Friday night. We're going to see how those two nights go before we make a decision on Saturday, whether to stream during day three. Worst case scenario, Zach and I will be doing a gut reaction to react to the entire uh, draft in its uh, entirety. Yeah. And for anyone who missed it as well, uh, the first three picks of this draft were Makai Becton at, at 15, and we drafted Ayuk in the second round and then ADG and, and one the first of the Broncos' three third-round draft picks. So anyone who missed it, those are the big three. Okay, so Black Knight took got rugs at 15 in his mock. And then let me see round two he took at 46 Austin Jackson, man, if you got Austin Jackson at 46, that would be really good value. You'd be very lucky to get in there. I mean, if it shook out that way, you know how I feel black Knight about receiver in the first round, but if it shook out that way, that's a, that's an end result. I could, uh, I could live with my friend, but guys, we got to get out of here for tonight. We're at uh, an hour and 45 minutes. This is a new record for MHH. And it wouldn't be possible without you guys. So thank you for joining us. Make sure you're following my partner here on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Hope you were able to see all the different Twitter accounts of the analysts that were on participating in this mock tonight. Follow each and every one of them. They are phenomenal analysts and uh, take care of that business when you get some time. But we're going to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. Zach, have a good start to your week, my brother. It's draft week, Chad. Let's get excited. Yep, we're in the home stretch, ladies and gentlemen. For Zach, I'm Chad. We will talk to you tomorrow night. 
You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 